like a bus. Live from Smitty1.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Take a lap. What is going on, good people? You are watching the Fantasy Football Show. I'm your man, Smitty, and we've got some NFL news to go over. Uh, maybe some sleeper talk. I got a little wide receiver gem that you may want to grab. We hit 11K on the YouTube channel. 11K. Can I get an applause in the studio? 11K. You guys did this. I work for you. I work for you. So congratulations to everybody out there. It's time to get to the news, people. And now for the news. Currently in the news today, let's break it all down right now. Not a lot of like big pieces of news, but there's a little bit to go over. First of all, I want to kick this off because not everybody sees every video I do. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but uh, Jeff Legwold uh, from ESPN uh, believes that Javante Williams, he believes, he believes, okay, so back up off. Spreading these this news report around. Actually, no, keep continuing to spread it around because it just knocks Javante's value down even further. I actually love it. So please tell everyone you know about this report. DM it, text it, telegram it, uh, snail mail it, uh, Morse code it. Tell it to everybody that you see that Javante Williams, there's belief that he could see just slightly more, just slightly more carries in 2022 spread the word please i love this this is naheem hines melvin gordon is to javante williams as naheem hines last year was to jt and if you don't think that's true that's fine (laughs) i'm actually glad i'm actually glad i love that people are so easy to suggest that they knew better back in 2021 when people said oh Naheem Hines is going to take away all of JT's PPR work and then people say now it's it's so different Hines is nothing of course he's nothing to you now Hines said it's always 2020 but everyone let Naheem Hines hold back JT and guess what it's going to happen again we're seeing Javante Williams in redraft not so much in Dynasty and Dynasty is still going like top 5 or 6 um, that could drop to like seven or eight, who knows? But in redraft, this man is falling all the way down to 15 to 24 overall on the average. And I've got a big grin from ear to ear. So should all of you. Let's let's let it happen. Just sit back and let it happen. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna tell you. Let people, you know, get all crazy. It's fine. Uh Chris Olave. Uh Chris Olave, NBC Sports, Peter King. Reports multiple NFL GMs, multiple, are saying Chris Olave was the most NFL-ready wide receiver in the 2020 draft class. I don't know how they can say that. I I like him, um, but there's a lot to be desired when you watch his film. Um, I think there there's definitely some upside for sure, but calling him the most NFL-ready wide receiver, basically what I would do is I'd find out who these multiple NFL general managers are 
and make sure you're not listening to what they say because this is a, it's one thing to be excited about him. It's another to call him the most NFL ready. He's not. He's not. Traylon Burks feels more NFL ready. Um, I, I think uh, I think Garrett Wilson's much more NFL ready. I think Chris Olave could be very good, but he's also got that like Jalen Rager, and and maybe you know maybe he's 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 a good wide receiver or Jalen Rager. We don't really know. He feels like he probably could be. Um, maybe he's Waddle. Maybe he's Waddle. Maybe he's Rager. But I certainly would not coin him as the most NFL ready. I wouldn't even say he's in the top two. I would say it's hard. You're hard pressed to call him the third best NFL ready wide receiver. Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, these guys are much more NFL ready in my opinion. Then Drake London is probably second or third for the most NFL ready wide receiver. I, I this report is is uh Take a look. Okay, so here here's uh here's a, a piece of news. That, that I think is going to trigger Smitty, a Smitty rant. I think we're, we're going to trigger a Smitty rant here. Do I even have a rant? Yeah, I do. Time for a Smitty rant. I don't know if this will make me angry, but I certainly think it might get me excited. This kid, Justin Ross needs to be targeted in the late second round. Early second round is fine with me too. I, I don't care. This kid right here might be the wide receiver gem of the entire wide receiver draft class. I'm not saying I'm not saying that he's a lock to be the top wide receiver. I know a lot of you Sky Moore fans are probably going, wait a minute, you have the wrong graphic up, Smitty. You have the you have the Justin Ross graphic up, not the Sky Moore graphic. I'm not saying he's a lock by any means. Dude could get cut. Probably not. He looks really good. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. But this kid, if you're if you're talking about you want a a, a home run, big swing, big swing. You could, you could, big swing and a miss. You could miss really hardcore. You could strike out. Know that. Sky Moore's the, the potential monster that landed in Kansas City. Make no mistake about it. But this kid right here is electric. And I'm real excited about Justin Ross. Um, the Athletic is reporting now. The Athletic uh, sometimes will throw stuff out that I don't agree with more often than not. But I do agree with this one. Uh, wide receiver Justin Ross could be a good fit because he can't be overthrown. Um, that That's just a small statement. I wanted to come in here and tell you that this kid has magic to him. This kid could be special. Uh, and, and my rant is really not around just Justin Ross as much as it is around reach for your guy in, in, a, in a rookie draft. So mid-second to, to early third round. If you think you can get away with not taking Ross in round two at all, and you take him in the third round, some people say third or fourth round, that's fine. You know, get away with what you can get away with. But my problem with people saying you're reaching on this player in the second round of a rookie-only draft, you're reaching at the the top of round three, you're reaching in the middle of round two for Kyron Williams. Why are you doing that? Why would you take Kyron Williams at 14? 
So my, my, my rant isn't really around Justin Ross. It's around sleepers. It's around, where's my, my Kyron Williams uh, graphic? Where's Kyron Williams? Kyron, Kyron, where are you, pal? Where are you, Kyron? It's somewhere around here. I know I have it somewhere. Let me just pull it up. Kyron Williams is a player that I'm grabbing in the middle of the second round. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting. I'll grab him in the middle of the second round. I don't care. People just think that... uh, People just think that because... Like a really detailed ADP data or... Or a very versed group of, of dynasty drafters that tell you Kyron Williams is a third rounder or that Justin Ross is a third or fourth rounder. And then when they tell you you're reaching, my answer to you is, do you play with the most elite of the elite dynasty scouters and, and fantasy football owners? Or do you have a couple fantasy Karens in your league that don't know what time it is and don't know rookie ADP? Because guess what happens? When you get to the third round, the top of the third round, and you've got a, a little insider, you got a nugget on a player like Kyron Williams, and then somebody just heard about him and just drafts him out of place. People don't know ADP, rookie-only ADP data, deep into a rookie draft. So stop trying to use rookie ADP data. Grab your guy. I'll grab anybody after the top 13. Anybody. I don't care if they're a fourth round player. If they're my guy, I'll take them in mid round too. Just so somebody doesn't get cute. You can't apply this to, to the first round of a rookie only draft because everybody and their mother has a good feel of what the first round ADP data is going to be. But once you get to like mid round two, it's free for all. You grab your player. Don't wait around. Don't try and push it or push the limits to, to, to getting the guy at the max value. A second rounder is nothing. A mid second rounder is nothing. You could get a mid-second rounder from somebody that, that doesn't have room to cut anybody. Give up next year's second rounder and a third rounder. They'll trade you their mid-second rounder. Like Kyron Williams, even Justin Ross, and and and, and Algier, my boy Tyler Algier from, from Atlanta. These guys, grab them in round two. Don't wait. If you like them, grab them. That's my rant. It's not just about Ross. It's not just about Williams. It's about stop using rookie ADP. doesn't matter. Um, appreciate everybody being here. First in the building was Axe. I appreciate you being here. Uh, uh, Mario, we've got uh, 49er. We got Robert. What's up, Robert? What's up, Mealy? What's up, Adam? What's up, James? What's up, Philip? What's up, Michael KCPA, who's the highest super chatter of the year in a single live stream with $199. We're basically wondering who's going to knock Michael KCPA off the top spot because he's been sitting there for... Uh, I think a couple weeks now. So if anybody wants their name in the corner of every live stream, essentially, you just got to knock off Michael K. CPA uh, to, to get that spot. Appreciate every single one of you in here today. Uh, next piece of news. Let's see what we got here. This is another chief. Isaiah Pacheco. Another second to third round potential gem maybe strike out you know strike out a miss like these are not guys that are gonna be for sure locks that's why you're grabbing them in the second and third round people so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say this guy right here 
has a real strong shot at, at starting a game or two or more in 2022. Uh, Clyde's not exactly uh, the, the the model of, of, of staying healthy and playing a full season. I do like Clyde a lot this year, given he costs you like six, seven round value. Like, I know you're upset about Clyde. I am too. Clyde is not delivered. But you can't hold that against his newfound ADP and value, which is six, seven round range. But Pacheco can be cuffed to one. Maybe Pacheco doesn't ever see the field. Um, I'm just saying this kid's got enough potential upside and appeal and skill set to, to maybe get a hold of some carries at some point through injury, through whatever. And so you want to make sure you keep an eye on him at least or grab him in Dynasty League. Dynasty Leagues consume pretty much every decent and valid player. So he's going to get picked. It's a matter of do you let someone else grab him before you do. Uh, so I, I, I like uh, I like this. I like this kid. Next piece of news, Alec Pierce. He's kind of a, a, a well liked player amongst you know dynasty fantasy circles. A lot of people like this kid. Um, projected to be the starting Z receiver for the Colts. This is good. It means he'll be force fed early. He'll be thrown to the to the fire. Um, and, and have to respond and mature quickly, and, and there's a lot of upside with him. He, he's he's one of those guys that could grab a hold of like later in the year, like decent wide receiver three four value in fantasy, even as a rookie. So keep an eye on Alec. Keep an eye on him. This right here, Trubisky. Um, Albert Breer reports that $12 million of Mitchell Trubisky's two-year $26 million contract is tied to playing time and playoff incentives. Uh, essentially meaning that Trubisky is looking at a very strong possibility he doesn't get paid in <laughs> 2022. I mean, Pickett's going to get in there at some point. I wish they would have taken Malik Willis. I don't care what people say about Malik Willis. Malik Willis may not have as good a career as I had hoped he would have because I thought he was tailor-made for Pittsburgh. I never dreamed that he would fall to 20 overall to be taken by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Furthermore, I never dreamed that they would pass on him. And, and then he would continue to be passed on over and over and over. I absolutely loved the fit between Malik Willis and the Pittsburgh Steelers. His cannon of an arm, he's, his raw talent surrounded by talent to help him mature. I just thought it was a great fit. Now, Pickett could be good. I'm not necessarily writing him off or calling him a bust, but I certainly don't feel like Trubisky is going to be this comeback story. He could... He could. I, I I mean, I'm rooting for him, too. I, I see Mr. B's rooting for him. A lot of you are rooting for him. Uh, Kenny says he's a backup. Um, tough to say, man. I, I'm not going to I'm not going to say he can't rejuvenate his career in Pittsburgh. It's a very nice offense, essentially. I know they're working on the offensive line. But if Trubisky can throw the football still, if people are are correct, some people uh, are correct about his abilities being held back in Chicago and, and just never being utilized properly by the coaching staffs that have had a, a grip on this kid. It makes me feel like there's a possible, you know, like oversight across the board for everybody, a, 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 a stigma that's been slapped on him, a label, an unfair uh, characterization of his talents. Maybe, maybe there's something here. Um, I will say that in my 20 years professional, uh, uh, my 20 professional years doing this, you rarely see a quarterback 
get this deep into a career and and there be so much oversight on his talent and ability and mis you know beat the player being misused that they're able to snap back into some elite player. We've seen players like Kurt Warner get overlooked and then come in and ball out. The problem is we don't see very many of these scenarios where the players actually in the NFL, failing in the NFL, um, completely written off, labeled by almost everyone, and then we're being told by a select few and then the team that grabs them that this guy actually has it and we're going to see it, guys. Get ready. We just have, it's been very rare that we've ever, if ever, to the to the degree that people are trying to paint this picture and how it's going to you know, turn out, we haven't really seen it, you know. If it would be one thing if he was completely passed over and then this was his first shot, like Trubisky, maybe. Mike White, I love Mike White. The problem is call Saul. Nobody else does. Nobody else does. Mike White's a baller. And if the Pittsburgh Steelers were smart, and I thought they were, they would have traded for Mike White, who would have cost peanuts. He would have cost chump change. You could have acquired Mike White. And maybe you acquire, acquire him, and if he doesn't work out, you put Trubisky or whoever you want in there, the, the picket kid. But Mike White should have been acquired. He's a good talent. Uh, Tyler Huntley should have been acquired. The two best quarterbacks that are not in starting jobs right now in the NFL are Tyler Huntley in Baltimore and Mike White in New York. But Mike White could be a savior if something happens. Um you know, to, to Zach Wilson, so it could end up being a good thing for the Jets, but I don't know. I, I wish he was in a starting role, Mike White. 51 people in here, only 24 likes. We just hit 11K because of all of us, says Rob, says Terry Roberts. That's true. Terry. Terry's on the loose. Terry. Terry. He's Terry. Terry's on patrol. Terry's on patrol. Appreciate you being on patrol today, Terry. Um... That's that's it. It's time for thanks again, Michael K CPA, for being such an amazing super chatter. Thank you all of you for helping us get to 11k. Uh, again, I work for you. Let's uh, let's hit the. Uh... It's voicemail time. Drop a voicemail at the Fantasy Football Show on the gram. Tell your grandma. We are talking foosball. Drop your voice messages in the voicemail group. This is the Bruce. The Bruce is on the voicemail line. The Bruce is loose. Want bold year-round rankings, trade calculators, and bold predictions? Whoops. Bruce. My question is, what is Matt Ryan's value in fantasy this year? Going from Atlanta to uh, Indianapolis. Uh, Matt Ryan's value, the Bruce, is probably somewhere along the lines of what it was last year. Maybe he's got a little bit more value. But that puts him at, like, borderline fantasy starter material. Like, if you're starting Matt Ryan, you're not happy about it. You might get decent points. But he, he's not a crafty-looking play. But he'll be, like, 8 to 12. So, um, yeah. The Bruce, what are you doing, bro? You got to turn down me. I'm hearing too much of me while I'm answering your. Okay. we know what Justin Jefferson's so, value. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this guy right here. I, I don't, I don't even know what's going on, Bruce. Jim, 
Hey, Smitty. It may be a little too early to answer this question, but which quarterback in Pittsburgh gives their wide receivers the best chance at fantasy value? Is it Kenny Pickett or is it Mitch Trubisky? I mean, uh, I want like while I want to say Pickett, um, if we're wrong about Trubisky, that would obviously be the most ideal of situations, right? If we're wrong about Mitch Trubisky and he balls out, that's your number one like avenue, but it's probably very, very unlikely. So Pickett's probably the best option in the end because he's the better quarterback, but if you want explosion, if you want Deontay and Claypool and Pickens to do really well, you need Trubisky to be the truth and everybody to have been completely wrong about him and he needs to be a baller. Because Pickett's not coming in as a rookie and delivering the football, facilitating it to all of these weapons evenly and consistently. There are a lot of Deontay believers out there. The moment Aaron Rodgers, or Aaron Rodgers, the moment Big Ben hung it up, the mo- that's the moment that Deontay's value tanked. And I'm not saying it can't ever, uh, you know, get back to, uh, to, to very, very solid value, but... If you think Deontay is going to be consistent with a quarterback carousel and Pickett uh, as a rookie learning the game, the offensive line still working on some things, I think you're going to be pretty disappointed. Now, Trubisky's a baller. He comes in, he's like some kind of pro bowler, which I'm telling you, I I, I don't feel it can happen. Anything can happen. Kurt Warner was laughed at. I'm just saying, it could happen. Probably not going to happen. Probably not. But if it did... Then, then Deontay would be reborn right in front of our very eyes. Right in front of our very eyes. But I don't know that we're going to see that happen. Jim. I have a dynasty question for you, Smitty, about Jalen Hurts. This is obviously a big year for him in Philadelphia. I feel like it's a make or break year. And with the addition of A.J. Brown, I feel like they're going to let him throw the ball a little bit. But I feel like the best success the Eagles had was running the ball. So in dynasty, what is Jalen Hurts' value now with the addition of A.J. Brown? Do you see him in Philly long term or do you see him kind of moving around? We don't really know the answer to that because Jalen Hurts is not believed in by his team, which is a shame because this man has a lot of talent and upside. And fantasy worlds are very similar. Although, ever since he acquired A.J. Brown, the Jalen Hurts is a trash can uh, statements that we usually see, they kind of went away. I don't see anybody ripping on Jalen Hurts. Where are all the Jalen Hurts bashers right now? Because they're awfully quiet. They, they would fill up the chat constantly. Constantly. And now I don't see them at all. So I'm going to say that Hurts, in my opinion, and my opinion is different than what will really play out. Because guess what? This coaching staff, especially the Philadelphia Eagles coaching staff, no matter if it's Doug Peterson or Sirianni, it doesn't seem to matter. And the ownership and the way they draft. And yeah, they made a good move. They drafted... Uh, Devontae Smith, they finally nailed the wide receiver position after passing on Justin Jefferson and drafting Rager. If you watch the Vikings when they made the selection, or when Rager was taken right before the Vikings, the Vikings thought they lost Justin Jefferson. And when <laughs> when the Eagles took Rager, the, the draft room was laughing. They're like, they took Rager! We got Jefferson! And they're like, woo! <laughs> they were so pumped. Uh, this Eagles organization is a debacle in some ways. However, 
They've got the pieces in place. They just need to know how to utilize them. They need to know how to trust them. They need to put all their faith into Jalen Hurts publicly and behind the scenes. Because guess what? A lot of the panic and and uh, and 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 confidence that he that he he needs comes from how he feels he's viewed. Because yeah, maybe he can overcome a lot of like pressure and doubt and all that. Like he seems like the kind of guy that can. And I love his confidence, but it's going to go a long way to additionally have your team supporting you in public. Like back last year, I believe it was Joe Flacco, or I forget who the backup was. It was a garbage backup quarterback that was behind Jalen Hurts. And Sirianni, when he came in, we thought, okay, Doug Peterson's gone. Sirianni's going to be the real deal. Not that he's a great prospective coach or whatever, but you thought, okay, one of the reasons Peterson was gone, other than he didn't get along with ownership, was because he watched the quarterback situation. He benched Jalen Hurts after two phenomenal starts during his rookie year. I believe they were back-to-back 300-yard games. And he looked great for a rookie. And then he benched, and then, and then Doug Peterson benched him in his third game. He started off bad and benched him in the middle of the game. After two amazing rookie starts. So they remove Peterson. They bring in Sirianni. And what does Sirianni say when they say, who's your starting quarterback? And we're like, we've got a guy in there that's going to support Hurts. And what does he say? He says, we don't have a starting quarterback yet. It's going to be a, a competition. And it was like Flacco or somebody. It was maybe worse than Flacco behind Jalen Hurts. It was basically like saying, there's a rock in Jalen Hurts. Who's your starting quarterback? We don't know yet. The Rock might have something to say about that. Uh, and I mean not the Rock, like Dwayne Johnson. I mean like a physical Rock or a brick wall. That's who this man, Jalen Hurts, was facing in competition last year for the job. And Sirianni and the team couldn't even verbalize it. Yeah, yeah, we like we like this man. Hurts could ball. I don't have the answer. I don't know if this team's going to pull the plug in some dumb fashion during the middle of the year when this guy has one bad game or something. But I will say this. I believe in the talent. I believe that Jalen Hurts could ball. I believe Jalen Hurts could be a top five, six, seven quarterback in fantasy football in 2022. I think A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, who is very undervalued right now in Dynasty, go attack Devontae Smith and Goddard. And then you got the running back rotation. Miles Sanders did fairly well last year. I believe they throw a lot more than people predict. Hertz is going to be absolutely bonkers in 2022. And you know what people are going to say? A lot of like uh, backtracking type comments like, well, he has no excuses now. I hate that phrase. When, when it, as it relates to Jalen Hurts, he has no excuses now. He, like, this is the final straw. It was his first year last year starting a full season. And now we're at the point where someone said so many dumb comments about Jalen Hurts being garbage that they have to come up with something negative still because they have to try and explain why they were so down on him for a whole season during his first rookie year. We played pretty, or his second year, first year starting, where he played pretty darn well. From a fantasy perspective, he dropped some some nice numbers. I know there are some inconsistencies, a lot of short passes. Check down Hurts is what they call him now. All short little pl- Guess what? A.J. Brown's in town. And the only thing Jalen Hurts haters have to say is, well, now he's got no excuses. Basically, I'm tr- what I'm trying to tell you 
by that statement, by me saying that Jalen Hurts now has no excuses, is me weaseling my way out of my former stance by saying, it's such a good opportunity, he's going to prove me wrong, but I won't be wrong because the opportunity's so good now, he has no excuses. It's I'm trying to tell you that I think it's going to work out without me admitting I was wrong. That's exactly, that's my psychological breakdown. Your boy Smitty's got a psych degree for a reason, is to break this kind of stuff down on the show. Uh, Robert, you can DM me. Are you in any of the voice the voicemail groups? DM me the photo. I have a dynasty question for you, Kay. Smitty. We know what Justin Jefferson's value is. What is Adam Thielen's this year? Um, it's a good question, the Bruce. Uh, I'd probably say we just don't know. I I I, I wish I could tell you that Thielen feels like uh, that I'm feeling Thielen. I'm just not feeling Thielen right now. He's not like an older player. He's he's not a young player. He's not like a an old man that's a, that's already fallen off. But like, I would say he's a value as like a wide receiver three. I don't think you got to draft him as a wide receiver two. So come to think of it, I don't think he's going to be a bad deal. He'll be kind of a bargain. If you can get him as a wide receiver three, why not try it? Why not try it? I'm all about that. That's fine with me. Kenny. Hey, Smitty, what do you make of Dylan this year as an RB2 option? I like him if your plan of attack, Kenny, is um, waiting on your RB2. So AJ Dylan is a fantastic wait on an RB2 prospect. So, like, meaning you're going wide receiver, you go, let's say you go JT, and or let's say you go, let's say you go, Jamar Chase, Javante Williams, DK Metcalf, Waddle, Hurts, and you literally just have Javante, but you're stacked everywhere. AJ Dillon, Tony Pollard, combo of, of those guys as your platoon running back too. That's that right there. That right there. You've just been Smitty approved. Absolutely love that approach for an A.J. Dillon spot, Kenny. Also, with this running back signing in KC, how does this affect Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Um, you're talking about the, the Pacheco? No, he's just a backup. Um, one thing you got to keep in mind, as much as I'm saying keep an eye on Pacheco, that KC playbook is the size of the Bruce's brain. It is massive. And... It's going to take Pacheco and every other player, including Ronald Jones, who everybody seems to want to say is the starter in Casey already. It's going to take these guys a long time. Clyde's got a huge leg up. So Clyde's the guy to invest in, to be frank with you. Hey, Smitty, here's a bold take. Three receivers from the NFC East will be in the top 10. Lamb, McCorrin, and A.J. Brown. What do you think? I mean, I, I can Smitty approve that. I don't think that's that bold. I think McLaurin's the only one that may slip out, but like that's that. I mean, those those guys belong in the top ten when you just like spitball in the top ten. So I, I'm I'm thinking you could come with a little bolder take than that. But uh, McLaurin, 
will be the one that, that, that we worry about getting in the top 10. But I, I like it. I like it. I like it, Rockout. I think uh, I want something bold to rock out. Come back, circle back, and give me a bold prediction, rock out. I want something that makes me get up from my seat, bro. Hey, Schmidty, it's Daniel. Hoping you're having a good Monday, man. Daniel. I'm thinking of trading in Dynasty uh, Stefan Diggs for Leonard Fournette in the 2023 first. And then uh, I got another owner that wants to give me Jalen Waddle for Leonard Fournette. Um, so it's kind of like a three-way deal, but not really a three-way deal. So just uh, wow. let me know your thoughts on that. And uh, yeah, hope everything else is going good, man. Keep up the great work. So, uh, okay, so let me address the first part. I'm going to say get Waddle in the first rounder for Diggs. Home run. Home run. I would have, though, if you'd not told me that, I would have been like, I don't think I'd trade Diggs for Fournette and a first unless the first is potentially a really high first rounder. If it's gonna be a late first rounder, my my thinking is like let's say it's a ten or eleven or twelve. I don't want Fournette, you know. But you can turn Fournette into Waddle, and I like Waddle and Dynasty as much as Diggs, if not maybe like quietly more. Like I don't think I take Waddle above Diggs, but I trade down to get Waddle. It, so home run. Make sure you can line up both of them though, because I'd hate to see you do the trade and then the guy doesn't want doesn't want to give you Waddle anymore. But I, I love that, bro. I love Like, what you're doing at the end of it all is fantastic. A first-rounder. I am curious to know where the first-round pick is, though. What's going on? I'm currently on the treadmill, so pardon that if that sounds weird. Basically, I'm listening to your... Um, you're talking about Jalen Hurts right now. Yes, sir. And I agree, basically. He's kind of doubted, and then people will put up and say, oh, he has good receivers if he does do well. But what's the main difference between him and Tua? Because I know everyone hates on Tua. I like to hate on him, even if it's sometimes just jokingly. Um, but then I know you kind of like hate on him a little bit too. And then I do get his receivers there. What if <laughs> I think he's in a pretty similar situation? You think that like if his receivers do well, people might just give it the credits to the receivers. I don't know what's, what's the difference between those two. I mean, Caden's playing a little gotcha. I think on that treadmill, Caden's getting a little, his blood pressure's pumping, he's getting a little excited, he's trying to push Smitty's limits, he's trying to catch me, and he kind of did. Like, you could say Tua not giving a proper shot is the same as Hurts not giving a proper shot, both of them now still get a shot, and both of them have electric wide receiver rooms. Very similar. The only thing I'm going to say about Tua, uh, Tua versus Hertz is that I just it's eye test for me in the end you can't really get me and I know you're not trying to get me I'm kind of joking with you uh Caden but because it's my eye test it's it's my gut and and I don't care about numbers or what other people say like it's similar it is very similar on its face I'll admit that but I don't think Tua's got it I don't think Tua's got yeah he's in a perfect position to take laps in fact, since you're on a treadmill, bro, just just because, uh, let's have you take a let's have you take a lap. Let's have you let's have you take a lap. Take a lap. Take a lap. You're already doing. Take a lap. But but I would say Tua to me feels like a a bigger bet to fail, but like still upside. Like I'm not predicting Tua will bust. I'm saying I feel very very cautious about it. Because the talent, you're right. I mean, you're right, Caden. The talent's there to make Tua, he could survive this. Whereas if he didn't have, like, Hill, he just had Waddle and only Waddle, and he didn't have McDaniel's mind, who's an offensive genius, I think Tua would have failed very quickly. Do I think 
McDaniel can stretch him out for, for two, three years. Like, there have been worse quarterbacks than Tua that remained in command of pretty decent teams. So, he very, very well could remain in the mix. Tua may not just vanish right away. But I'm definitely, definitely, definitely more on the Hurts uh, train than I am the Tua train. Ash! Hey, Smitty, locked in from the UK. I just want to nice. reach out about Trey Lance and Jimmy G's situation. Do you think Jimmy G staying in San Fran hurts Lance and his stock in fantasy? Because, you know, you do feel that if at any minute kind of seems to go south with Lance, they'll just stick Jimmy in. Because they're in win-now mode and, you know, Lance will need a bit of time to like gel in. I don't know that he's going to need time. I think that when people make that statement, they forget that Burrow was in the exact same spot. Like, maybe, maybe, yeah, Burrow started 10 or so games. He did play a lot more in college. He had a better competition. Like, I get that there's not complete parallels, but bottom line is Trey Lance went through mental reps in an NFC playoff championship and all the way in the playoffs. Uh, Burrow didn't. Burrow got to play more games, but Lance still played games, started to, won a game, won a very important game against the Texans who just beat the Bengals, and there's playoff implications for that win. And so I don't look at Trey Lance's rookie year as a complete, like, nothing. I look at it as a very good developmental year. I look at Trey Lance, given his weapons and given the experience he had and the mental reps he had, all of it, the total package, I look at him being just as equipped and prepared as Burrow was coming into his season last year with a torn ACL and lesser weapons. So make no mistake, don't twist up what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you put it all together, Trey Lance with the weapons, with the little experience last season, with the lesser college experience, but all the talent and the surrounding talent and the where the team's at, I put him in a in as good, if not better, situation walking into year two than Burrow had. And that's coming from somebody that predicted the Bengals to do what they did. Your boy Smitty said that they would win the division. Your boy Smitty got clowned. I saw the, the vision of what Burrow, Burrow could become, even though he was going to struggle with the ACL and, and the team being... Uh, you know, in a in a in a in a form of, of still needing to build up to what they en- ended up becoming, I feel like Lance will walk in and drop straight fire. Jimmy can't throw until probably July, I would say late July, mid July. That means Trey Lance is commanding the offense with the ones the entire time, and I'm not scared of him blow not blowing Jimmy G out of the water. Trey Lance is gonna look so good if he can't beat out Jimmy G, who's not even throwing. He's not the guy, but he is the guy, and he's going to prove it. Not worried at all. Would I rather Jimmy not be on the roster? I would because I'd rather just not have Shanahan be tempted in some weird injury situation, which could be the case maybe, but... Smitty, what's up, buddy? I got one for you. Do you think KJ Hamler will have some sneaky, sneaky, sneaky late-round value? Thanks, buddy. Um, I, I've been pretty high on Hamler. Um, I've talked about him quite a bit, so I don't know if you've seen that before. Uh, it doesn't sound like you have, but I've talked him up, but problem is he's coming back from an ACL tear, so he's kind of a wait and see. Now, wide receivers can come back from ACL tears a lot quicker. Look at Cooper Cup when he tore his ACL. He had a good year that year, then he came back and had this monster year. So, ACL, torn ACLs, 
receivers can can weather through that. I think Hamler's so talented, it just comes down to health. If he can get healthy and on the field, I think he can grab the wide receiver three role. And then if, if let's say, Judy or Sutton went down, this dude could step right in and just have like a monster like finish to the year. But it could be slow moving uh, from the get-go, from the beginning, from the jump. Uh, appreciate all the, the voice messages you guys have left. You guys rock. Let's hit over to the... Um, voicemails now we're going to the call in portion of the show call into the show call, call, call into the show let's take your phone calls dial in the phone number is 602-635-3664 that is 602-NFL- Dong. Call into the show. Dial 602 NFL. Dong. We've got a good 10 minutes of of phone call answering. So dial in. Do it live. If you guys got any more voicemails, I will keep answering those in the in the, in between the calls if you want to drop them. Your boy Smitty's still here for you. So drop them. If you've got them. Uh, Monday, man, these Mondays come real quickly. It was just Friday. Uh, how many more Mondays do we have until until kickoff? Anybody want to calculate that for me? How many more Mondays do we have until kickoff of week one? Somebody, somebody get on that for me. Let me know. Um, in the chat, we've got uh, a few questions here. Hamler, great late round Dynasty Flyer, says uh, Brandon, I agree. Um I think Jimmy is gone. 49ers have brought in two backup QBs. It is weird that they drafted Purdy with that that uh, that irrelevant pick, the last pick in the draft. But I still think that Shanahan's capable, very capable of keeping um, keeping uh, keeping Jimmy on roster because if Trey were to go down for four or five games, Shanahan, not you or me, Shanahan feels very confident in in Jimmy G. So. Um, Smitty, stop comparing Lance to Burrow in his first year. Not even close. I've already explained how it is close, Aaron. I've already detailed it and mapped it out in tremendous detail. It's you, you got to compare it, and that's why I said don't twist it up. You did exactly that. You twi- you twist it. You twist it. You twist it. You've just been Smitty disapproved. You twisted it, Aaron. Because what I said was, if you take everything and collectively pull it together, Burrow. ACL tear, Aaron. I just said it. His ACL tear. The fact that this team had offensive line issues. There was a lot of problems headed his way. And your boy Smitty predicted Burrow to do what he did, Aaron. I have a little say and a little wiggle room when it comes to predicting what's going to be the next situation to look an awful lot like Burrow. If I'm the one that said that they win the division, Aaron, don't you think I'm the guy you turn to to say, well, let's see you predict this again, Smitty. Who's the next Burrow. Who's the guy that everyone doubts going into the season? Nobody thought Burrow was going to win the division, but your boy Smitty. So if anybody's got say over it, Aaron, it's probably this guy right here. Because I just told you that Burrow was going to do that. I told you, Aaron, that he was going to do that. Lance is going to do it now. And then what you're going to come back and say to me when I talk about the 2023 version of somebody doing this? You can't compare Bobby Bill to Lance Smitty. 
<laughs> you know, every it's the song and dance that I've done for 20 years. When I predict something crazy off of another player, you can't compare those players. Then when that player becomes that player, I can't compare that player to the next player. It's just a song and dance over and over and over. Buckle up, Aaron. Trey Lance is coming. He's the next Burrow. Burrow was the next Mahomes. I predicted Mahomes. I I got the same reactions when I said Mahomes will be this. People said, you can't compare Mahomes yet to that guy. Mahomes hasn't done anything yet. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? Rock out. Rock out. What's up, pal? Give me, I, got a, I got another bold one for you. Give me a real bold one, Rockout. I want to stand up for my chair. It's so bold. I'm ready. Uh, Zach Allen has a chance to be top 12, possibly top 10 QB. Who? Zach Wilson. Top 10, top 12? I'm not going to stand up, but I like it. I mean, it's bold. That's, that's a lot bolder. That's a lot bolder. I think Zach Wilson definitely has some upside. There's a lot of risk, which is why it makes him bold. But a lot of upside. This kid, this kid's the real deal. He's got the moxie. Um, he look he looks the part. He's got the weapons. The team's gonna turn into the bank. You know, they're the next Bengals. You know, Pe- people laughed at that. Rockout, you were with me all year last year when I said the Bengals were the next Bengals. Yeah, Jets are that team. The Jets are in bangle mode. I see what they're doing. I see what they're doing too. What uh, What else you got? Give me Give me another bold one. Reach deep. Reach deep. Uh, let me think. Ah, uh, let's see. Um, you like Waddle over Tyreek Hill in Dynasty? What? Water over who? Tyreek Hill and Dynasty. Yeah, I, I could go with that. Which one? Waddle. Yeah, I had a I have a draft right now I'm doing. It's actually with the voicemail group that we have here. Are you in that one? Yeah. Okay, you're in that okay. Uh sorry, I, I forgot who was in it. Um, I took Waddle over Tyreek Hill. It was a little uncomfortable, but I wanted the long-term value, and so I drafted Waddle over Tyreek Hill. It, 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 it just felt awkward, but I think that Hill, he's 28 years old. He's played a lot of years. He's always kind of banged up and playing banged up, and I feel like with those 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 fast, speedy guys, and Waddle's one of them, so he might have to worry about this when he turns 28, but he's young. Twenty. What is he, 23 I think Waddle's like 23. Um, when yeah, you get to like 28, 29 years old, you start having hamstring issues, man, because you're firing at a different speed, playing at a different level. I worry about Hill being one of those guys that can be elite at 30, 31, 32. Because some wide receivers can, but the speedy guys, like think Deshaun Jackson, they come in, they look insane for a couple games, and they tear a hamstring. You know, so I, I worry about Hill's long-term value, and that's why I hesitated on that. I was curious. Yeah. I, want, I want to pick your brain on that. And he got hurt a couple of times the last couple of years with, like, uh, leg and hamstring issues. Yes, sir. Like the, like the last couple of years. Um, and uh, I think what? Well, I think. 
I think Waddle has, will have a little bit of uh, rapport, well, at least from the start of the season. Yes, sir. All right, anything else? Uh, that's it for right now. All right, dial back if you've got another question. The line will be open for the next five, six, seven minutes, all right? All right. Later. Appreciate Bye. you, man. Let's rock out. Uh, Terry Roberts with a super chat. Best payer available. Best payer available. Oh, best player available is what Terry meant. Teacher Smitty, you're the man. Yeah, Terry's been really deploying the best player available, and he's been loving it. His draft is phenomenal. In that in that that follower league that I'm doing, it's a follower league. I don't do very many of them. We've got the 96 team league, and then we've got a couple existing dynasty leagues I started from the beginning of the show when we first got on YouTube, and and uh, I've stayed in those. I haven't left those as a dynasty. But I don't create any very many new leagues anymore because I, I just I can't handle too many leagues. I got to cut back on them. But I did do one follower league with the people to 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 reward everyone that was in the voicemail group. I warned everyone you're going to want to get in this voicemail group that you you uh, hear a lot of these messages come from. We did a league. We did a league, and everybody that was in the group was invited, and uh, and it was the first you know twelve to join. And Terry drafted Javante. I think it was like round or pick three or four five in dynasty he got javante he got burrow he got dk he's got a a nice little squad there um i traded up i did some massive trades i'll go over the draft at the end um they call me they call me the the league ender for for a reason they call me my nickname is the league ender and i can't tell you how many leagues i've ended and i know that sounds funny and you probably think i'm joking but i can't tell you how many leagues i have ended in my career in my not my professional career, my entire fantasy football career, which is about, I don't know, I would say it's about 27, 28 years long. I've ended so many leagues I can't even count because I do this crazy draft pick trading stuff that drives people up the wall and then they end up like leaving the league. So we've got to keep the league together, but I literally trade like no other. I make trades like no one you've ever seen. And I'm going to prove it when I show you the draft and how I do things. Um, I ended up trading a whole bunch. I traded up and I got three picks in the top 12. <laughs> so your boy Smitty. I got a lot of my sleepers though. I took uh, I took Brees Hall. I took uh, uh, Kenneth Walker. And then I took... Um, I'm blanking on my team already. There's so many leagues. Who did I take at 13? I took Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker. Oh, and Kyle Pitts. I took Kyle Pitts early, but I wanted to have I wanted to cornerstone all these positions. So that was the, that was my start of the dynasty draft. So pretty excited about that. Ga- Gavin with a super chat. Gavin said, Thoughts on Christian Watson and Dynasty. I like him a lot, bro. The problem is he's going to have to be developed and ready to roll by the time Aaron Rodgers bails and gets out of there, and then who's going to be the quarterback there? So I'm a little worried about that, but you know what? Let's not let's not freak out about the future too much. Let's enjoy his one or two years of development. I think Aaron Rodgers, who usually brings rookies along, along slowly, um, Aaron Rodgers will speed his progress along because the wide receiver room is very, very dry. Um, yeah, maybe Aaron Rodgers does bring rookies along slowly normally. This is not normal. This is a different uh, situation. A different situation. 
but I'm loaded with picks next year, says the Bruce. The Bruce, he did some trades. Um, there's Aaron going off again about 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 Lance. He just can't accept it. He's a he's a he's a Jimmy G believer, I think. Lance couldn't beat out Jimmy G in his first year. Lance has potential, but not even close to Burrow's skill set. Let's not get crazy here. It it's these comments, Aaron, that 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 are crazy to me. Like you really think Jimmy G beat out Trey Lance? You don't know what's going on in San Francisco. That's a ridiculous statement. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. What can I do you for? See you later. Call back. I love when people think that that Lance didn't beat him out. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? Rock out. Rock out. What's up, pal? What's your thoughts on Swift possibly being like a top seven, top five? Swift? Uh, yeah. I mean, he. I almost took him in the league at the Kyle Pitts pick. Like, I struggled between Swift and Kyle Pitts. And I, I think Swift is probably most people's pick there. Like, I think most people would maybe even call me crazy for passing on Swift or Kyle Pitts. But I just think that uh, it depends how you want to build a dynasty because running backs have that very short shelf life. Um, I'm, I'm concerned about his injury history anyway. Like, I think he can be a top five, top six running back this year. I really do. I really think that this is going to be a yep. year. The, the red flags aren't that were there last year have been consolidated <laughs> mm-hmm. down to just the injury red flag. He had situational red flag. Anthony Lynn didn't want to start him. Um, Cam- no, Campbell didn't want to, no one wanted to start him. Like both the coach and the OC were like, this is our number two back. And it mixed that with injury. And there was a lot of red flags and people were taking him at like 12 or 13 at the beginning of the off season. That's when I said, no, 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 not 12 overall third round. Sure. And he proved to, to, to be worth about that third round value. If you throw wide receivers and a couple quarterbacks and then all the running backs, he proved to get that like 2.12 to 3.2 value. Like he got that back for you if you drafted him there, but you didn't. You probably, if you drafted Swift last year, you took him at 12 to 14, 12 to 15. It was just a little, a little risky, but this year I like him. The problem is with his injury risk uh, and given how short the shelf life is for running backs, his dynasty value, I worry people are, are overvaluing him a little bit in dynasty. I feel like when people put him in like the top five, that concerns me. I think there are safer wide receivers that are longer lasting. You know, Chase, uh, 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 Justin Jefferson, and then obviously the Najee, Javante, all those guys, uh, obviously JT. I just don't take Swift in that five range. At like 12, I like him. He's, he's decent. I considered him. But uh, I just like Pitts more for some reason. Yeah, I try to target him like like late, like early second round. See if I can get him there. I mean, Pitts had a thousand yard wide receiver season with one touchdown. I'm not saying his yep. quarterback. Like I was, I was praying for Watson to go there, bro. But Ritter could be the real deal. We'll see. If not. They'll draft somebody or they'll trade for somebody. I think they wanna they wanna make moves. They clearly were trying to go after Watson. So if Ritter doesn't feel like the guy, they'll make a move. I think. But imagine if Pitts gets like ten TD. Once he gets into the double digit touchdown category, it's game over. Yeah. Like this is this is the 
This is the Jimmy Graham, or in the case of Kelsey, this is Kelsey. This is a first-round potential tight end that I don't like drafting tight ends early. But when we're talking Me dynasty either. and you're talking like in, in the, the build, people don't know what I did with my team, but I traded up and got a lot of picks right there. It depends on the way I'm building. I'll take them. I'll take pits early. It just depends on how I'm building. What else? Uh, you what's your what's your value on Sam Brown with Williams being there at least the second half of the year? With who? Uh, Sam Brown with Williams being uh, drafted. Oh, Saint Brown. Um. Yeah. You know, I like Saint Brown a lot. I just feel like, yeah, it, it, it's always hard seeing a really good player that you feel is the wide receiver one land in a spot. Like, example, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore and St. Brown, very similar upside, if you will. Um, very, yeah. very big finishes to the year. St. Brown, there probably were no better finishers than St. Brown and Elijah Moore at the wide receiver position of fantasy football. I bet you if you looked it up, they would both be in the top three or four for points per game scored in a, in, in a certain portion of the end of the season, straight out. Like, St. Brown lasts like six games or whatever. Probably top three wide yeah. receiver, top four. I don't know I don't know if that's accurate, but I, I would guess it would be. And, and same thing for for, uh, for Elijah Moore. He finished on a tear. And then you get both of them, get the t- arguably the top two rookie wide receivers from a pretty darn good draft class landing in, on those teams, on those rosters. It just sucks because, yeah. you know, St. Brown, he's got to be limited. You know, he's got to be because Jamison Williams is so good. So I would say, like, St. Brown's ability to climb into, like, the, the 11 to 15 overall, probably gone. I think he's a, he could be a high-end wide receiver, too, potentially. I think Elijah Moore's got a better shot at maybe still being the number one in New York. I like Garrett Wilson. I'm not saying he's not good. But I've never loved him as much as everybody else. And I think Elijah Moore might have something to say about who's the number one elite wide receiver for the future. Elijah Moore could still grab that job. Yeah, I could probably see more over Sam Brown, better pass. Yeah. Um, yeah, more, more is exciting, bro. Um, looks like we got some breaking news buzzing on my phone here. Tony Michelle to the Dolphins. I don't know how I feel about that one. Man, what? McMike? Miami Mike is, he does a lot of interesting moves. Like, yet another running back? Another running back? Dolphins sign running back, Sony Michelle. That's just, I mean, he's got, he's got Gaskin. He's got Mostert. He's got Edmonds. He's got Sony Michelle now. It's crazy. I don't know how he's gonna. I mean, it couldn't hurt, but I know it's over time. But Mrs. Robeson wants to phone in. Okay, yeah, dial dial in. The Bruce's mom wants to dial in. Do it. All right. Uh, I'm gonna... rock out. Hung up. Rock out. I was still gonna say bye to you. Sorry. Rock out. Just disconnected <laughs> rock out deuced he said deuces okay miss robinson miss robinson the bruce dial up 
Michelle and Edmund show? No. God, Aaron, we disagree on so much, bro. Michelle, you think Michelle's going to be the starter in Miami, bro? Come on, man. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Is this the Bruce and Mrs. Bruce? Yes, it is. How's it going? Can you can can we get a baked in, boys? Baked in. Yeah. What can I do for you? I I just want to say I, I I'm glad you won your league. I remember Mrs. Robeson when we were talking. I was talking through the Bruce. We call him the Bruce on the channel. Uh, we were talking to him and, and and advised you to make that Mahomes trade, which I think helped you win your league. So congratulations. What other dilemmas do you have for me? Um, she went to go cook dinner, but her dilemma is she has a super flex, but she has, we got her the Mahomes trade, right? Yep. But, uh, her other two quarterbacks are Kirk Cousins and, uh, Dak Prescott. But, you know, she's a Kirk, Kirk Cousins is, you know, her, uh, her guy. She oh, loves her cousins. She likes him over Dak, huh? So she wants to know. She wants to know if she can keep Kirk Cousins over Dak. No. Uh, I mean, if you're gonna do that, it, like I'm not saying Kirk Cousins can't have a good year. You know, he's got Jefferson, so he's gonna, you know, he's gonna have a lot of potential, right? But you got to trade Dak. You can't let Dak go. Like, is this a certain number of players that you're keeping, or can she trade Dak? Uh, I think you can keep three, but I think she's keeping uh, Judy. And it's super flex. Yeah. Um, if I were her, I would trade Dak for a better keeper than Judy. That's what I would do. But I, I personally don't. I would I would keep Dak. That's me. I'm, I'm not keeping Cousins over Dak. I think Dak could have a big year. Okay. I think that Cowboys offense was was one of the top three, if not the number one, I think, for most of the year last year. They score a lot of points. I mean, it's hard to turn down a quarterback that's in a top three offensive, you know, arsenal. So I, I, I'm going to say I keep Dak and I keep Mahomes. And then who's, your, who's the third keeper? You said Judy. Yeah, Judy. I right like now. Judy, but what Very other Judy. what other players does she have? Uh, she has, I think she has Javante. Um, she has uh, who else does she have? She's she keeping Javante, Javante, right? No, you can only keep three. She was keeping Judy because it was PPR. I don't, I don't know why she didn't want to keep Javante. I, she wanted to keep Jerry Judy. He was high on Jerry Judy. No, 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 no. No. All this hard work, the Bruce, that we plugged into you, <laughs> and you're misguiding your mother right now. You I, can't let I, her I, throw Javante Williams. This is a simple numbers game, okay? Well, if you, if you said, throw Javante... Well, hold on, listen, the Bruce. This is going to be a tough lesson. All right. If you throw right. Javante back into the player pool, he gets gobbled up like that. If you throw Judy back into the player pool, there's a really strong chance you can still draft him back. That right there is the question okay. you ask yourself as to what player you keep, what player you don't keep. You cannot yeah. keep Jerry Judy over Javante Williams, who's a top 
potential top five overall player that's getting a lot of bad press right now that, yes, is driving his value down. But Javante's value is probably like 18 to 20 overall, which is ridiculous. It's a steal. But that's it is what it is. His ADP is probably 18 to 20. Judy's ADP is probably around six. You can't you can't keep your mother has a phenomenal group of three players to keep. I'm okay if you trade Dak Prescott away for something and keep cousins, but you have to utilize Dak. You can't just let him go. Otherwise, you keep right. Mahomes, you keep Dak, you keep Javante, and you probably have the three best keepers in your entire league. Yeah. Well, I tried, and what she said was, I like Judy, and I have the fourth pick. And this is what she told me. I'm going to take the fourth pick on Javante, if he's still there. The fourth overall pick, and I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm going to take the fourth pick on him. Look, I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue with Miss Robeson. Okay. This is a legend on the show. But I will say that I strongly, strongly, strongly advise that you keep Javante Williams, Dak Prescott, and Mahomes. And if you want to keep Cousins, you keep them, but you've got to trade Dak. And Dak's going to get you something like a move up. Like move your her four pick to the one pick and give the person Dak Prescott. You know, go go see who the person at the one pick and the two pick are. If they've got uh, no quarterback or a really bad third keeper, they'll take Dak Prescott to swap you picks, and now you've got the number one overall pick. Like, you've got to utilize Dak Prescott. You cannot just let... You can't just give gold out. Someone will take the gold in a super flex and upgrade you. You will get an upgrade. You will find somebody that will upgrade you. Even if you find a team that, that doesn't have, like, a first rounder or some weird... Like, you can move your third or fourth rounder up to the second. Like, a big move up, getting rid of Dak Prescott. But if it's me, I I, I venture to say your mom has probably the best or second best group of three players to keep in the entire draft. And she 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 could draft Judy back in the first round, which would be a mistake. I'm just saying, keep Javante. No one's grabbing Judy in that first round, man. Nobody. No. no, nobody. Well, I even told her. I even told her that she could keep, she could keep Dak, and she could probably have a better chance at redrafting Cousins than she yeah. would Dak Prescott. Yeah, you you could get you could get Cousins and Judy back for a ham sandwich later. So I, I'm Miss yeah. Robinson. The court has decided that it would be contempt like. To let Javante go and Dak Prescott. So that, that's my answer. Do what you want with yeah, it. Uh, do what you want with it. Miss Robeson, yeah. you're always welcome here. And and we're certainly not gonna make you take a lap, but that that is uh I would have make I would have made any other person besides Miss Robeson because she's a legend. She's lap free on this show. She'll never have to take a lap in her life on this show. She gets a lap out of free card. But I would have made someone else take 15 laps on that question to Bruce. I may have banned somebody for an entire week of watching the show. No show for you for letting Javante go over Judy. And that's on you, Bruce. You are in control of helping and guiding your mother. Your mother raised you. Your mother raised you and, and, and brought you into this world. And you're dropping the ball. And I've got somebody here. Aaron says maybe you're trying to scoop up Javante in that league. 
which I'm starting to wonder, not, Bruce, if you if it, that's your motive here. Hey, I'm not in that league. I'm oh. not in that league. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not in that league. Ignore that. But but, uh, but yeah, hey, I did. I, I did get blocked by your boy Lombardo because I told him to take laps about the comments about Hertz and uh, Lombardo blocked Lance. Maybe he blocked me. I should check. Maybe he blocked me. Let me go look. He blocked me too. Let me see if he blocked me. I don't know. I'll check. Yeah, he blocked me because the Bruce. I'm telling you right now. Do not do do whatever you can to try and talk your mom into keeping Javante. You know, let, let her know that. Even if she wants to, it's ill-advised to go after Judy at high value because you can get him later. It's not that I don't like Judy. You just can get him later. But make her keep Javante and let her draft Judy back high. It's it's a no, no-brainer. no All right, I got to go to Bruce. Appreciate yeah. you, man. Yep, thank you. Tell your mother thank you. She's a legend. I will. All right, that's the Bruce. That was a hard one for me because I didn't want to be hard on Miss Robeson, because she's been so good to the show, but you can't, you can't throw, when he, I, I was tempted to not even ask, like, what other keepers do you have? Because Judy's your third keeper, that's an okay keeper, I like Judy, but that's an okay keeper, he's like, Javante, I should have asked what other players, I just kind of stopped him, maybe there was like, maybe JT was on the roster, the Bruce, get it together, and guide your mother a little better in this league, the Bruce. Is Javante the goat? Just, just wait, just wait. All right, guys, I appreciate everybody here. Phone lines are closed. Um, Cooper Cup League. I got to touch on this real quick before we leave. Uh, give this a watch if if you haven't. We have the Cooper Cup League approaching. We're we're about twenty days away, and we've got about fifteen spots still open. We need to fill them pretty quickly. So if you want in, anybody that's super chatting twenty bucks or more on the show gets into this league it's not an entry fee of any 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 kind but you do the prizes are amazing we have an amazing trophy going to first place uh we have this trophy going to first place where is it this trophy is going to first place um as well as this like 150 to like 300 ring is going to the winner it's customized with the year and your name see this one says smitty on it you're going to be able to, uh, where is it? There we go. This is Smitty on it. You're going to be able to customize this ring. Um, and you can pick between like, there's like 150 to $300 versions that they have. They're just all a little bit different. Comes in an amazing box. You're getting that. You're getting this trophy right here. And you're also getting an autographed Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Hall of Fame, red helmet. And then other prizes are rolling in. Um, again, all you got to do is drop a $20 super chat at any point during the time of the, this time right now. And when the, the 15 spots get grabbed and uh, I, I will play, I don't have the video queued up right now. I'll play it next time. But if you want to get in on that, DM me on Instagram too. And I can, I can walk you through how to do it for, you know, versus a super chat. If you want to do it another way, appreciate everybody being here. Bruce, man. Bruce got me worked up. Bruce got me worked up. 
7 p.m. Eastern every Monday and Friday. Monday and Friday. Monday through Friday, we are live here on the Fantasy Football Show. So know that you have a daily source of NFL news, notes, and fantasy football. We cover it Monday through Friday. I am I am your guy. We're live. I also comment, uh, reply to every comment on my channel. We hit 11K. Congratulations to all of you. I work for you. I will reply to every single comment, so please drop a comment, drop a like. Let's get to 20K this year. Um, I think we can do it, and and then onward, onward and onward, and, and as we get bigger, things will get better, more giveaways, all kinds of amazing stuff. All right, Robert, appreciate you. Leave a comment, leave a like. Yes, I will live stream the Cooper Cup draft uh, of portions of it. It'll be a two-month-long uh, two draft. But uh, DM me on Instagram if you want in. Appreciate you, the Bruce and Mrs. Robeson. 